Secret admirers aren't so exciting when they reveal what secret they've kept all along. This episode is an adaptation of a Reddit post, link in the description. This story is told from the perspective of a male. Episode 19, Mr. Blue. I'm Tasha Wheelhouse, and this is Copper Shock. Chrissy and I sat in the cafeteria lounge at our university. The clanking of table chairs and groups of people between classes hummed about us. Chrissy was eating her pasta lunch and pushing the food around. Something was bothering her. Chrissy was a well-liked girl, but oddly shy. She only liked to confide in me. I was mad about her. But I also knew I was very much friend-zoned. She leaned over to her book bag and picked up something, then handed it to me. Who do you think wrote this? A piece of paper that was folded over multiple times to be no bigger than a small index card was placed in my hand. I unfolded it and raised an eyebrow while reading it. It said the following, Chriselle, you are my sunshine. With my love, Mr. Blue. I looked up at her and smiled. Someone is madly in love with you, clearly. I handed her the note back. She flicked my shoulder with her finger and gave me a sharp look. I put my sandwich back down. The concern on her face told me that she wasn't as comfortable with this note. Honestly, Greg, this is weirding me out. How do they know my full name? I shrugged at her, then said, It could be someone from class. Who knows? Besides, it's a love letter. Appreciate it. Chrissy nodded and sighed. She stuffed it back in her book bag, and we continued to finish our lunch. Some days passed, and I was in the middle of reading notes for class when my phone dinged. I looked at the screen to see Chrissy Ella in bold text, a nickname of hers I'd call her sometimes. I unlocked my phone to see an urgent text asking me to meet her at the coffee shop two blocks from my apartment. Once there, I waited patiently, sipping my coffee and browsing my phone, when the chair across the table from me slid out and Chrissy plopped down into it. Her face was white. Remember that note? She asked me eagerly. Just as I spoke the words, sure, Chrissy dumped a handful of notes onto the tiny coffee table. They're all from the last few days, she breathed. I got one just now wedged into my apartment front door. It sort of pushed it too far. I picked up one of the notes from the pile before me. I unfolded it. The handwriting looked familiar to me. Chriselle, your hair in curls is so beautiful. I wish I could tangle them in my fingers. With love, Mr. Blue. Chriselle, the smile you have on your face when you leave your house in the morning is the best way to start my day. With love, Mr. Blue. Chriselle, I love the way your figure looks running around the gym track. With love, Mr. Blue. The fourth one said, Chriselle, you look attractive in green. With love, Mr. Blue. I looked up at Chrissy's green sundress. Was this the one from today? I asked. Yes, this is really starting to creep me out and... Well, there's more. 
I looked at her interested. I did laundry this weekend and hung it out to dry outside my window because the complex dryers are busted. Some of my underwear went missing. I started to smile. Chrissy, it could have fallen down and blown away. You know how you make things a way bigger deal than what they actually are? Uh, was some guy walking around the outside of my window last night blowing things out of proportion for you two? Chrissy, you live on the first floor next to the parking lot. So yeah, Chrissy, come on. What do you want to do, go to the police? She deflated into her chair. No, you're right. I don't have evidence, and I mean, if you look at these notes one at a time, they don't even seem that threatening, but I'm really starting to dislike whoever is leaving these notes. That's really ungrateful, Chrissy. Someone likes you. Can't say anybody likes me like that. I lamented and looked down at my coffee. Well, I hate him. Only perverts would do something like this. I should just lie and start saying I have a boyfriend. <laughs> Can I call you as a cover? She beamed at me, that playful smile that always made my stomach do a somersault. Sure. I pushed my coffee cup toward her and let her take a few sips to share. Later that evening, I sat in a dark room, thumbing my phone between my fingers. I took a deep breath and unlocked it. I waited a moment before dialing for Chrissy. My heart skipped a beat when her phone rang five times. She always picked up after two. I then heard a click. Greg? She sounded confused. It's 1 a.m. What's up? I took another long breath. Why didn't it ever work out with us? Silence for a moment. Then I heard Chrissy sigh into the receiver. <sighs> Are we really doing this right now, Greg? Yes, we're doing this now. I'm not interested in you in that way. You've said before that you'd love to date a guy like me, and the thing is, I'm a guy like me. She interrupted me. I'm sorry, but no, you're my friend. That's all there is here. Pain caught in my throat. I felt my voice turn angry and wavered in adrenaline. You're such a joke. Even when a stranger comes around who's like me, you don't even like him. What does that even mean, Greg? I ignored her question. I like your robe. You must have just gotten out of the shower, Chriselle. How do you know I've just... I hung up the phone. Quietly, I pushed open Chrissy's hallway closet door. Walking down the carpet, I pocketed my phone with one hand, and with the other, felt the weight of the handle on the knife I gripped. I bent down to the bottom of her bedroom door. I pushed a note underneath it. Then I held the handle to her door with the knife behind my back. The note said, Chriselle, wrong answer. With my love, Mr. Blue. End of Mr. Blue. 
Everybody, thank you so much for joining me this week. This episode was produced by me, Tasha Wheelhouse. And if you love these episodes, please do not feel shy and subscribe. We're available on podcast through iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and Podbean. If you would like to further support the channel, please check us out on Patreon, or you may make a one-time donation through PayPal. Both details are on coppershock.com under the support page. This story is an adaptation from a Reddit post. If you would like to read that original post, the link is in the description below. And thank you so much for listening. Lucky you, you made it to the end. And as a reward, I'm going to give you one more story before you fall asleep. I'm Goodnight Goosebumps, and this is Copper Shop. I live in a small village, and a few years back, I really needed some work. Browsing the internet, I saw a wanted posting for a part-time chauffeur. It was posted by a single mother with two kids. The schools didn't send buses out as far as where they lived, Taxis often made up reasons not to go out that far to get them for the fare, and the mother herself had no car. They just needed someone to drive her 12-year-old daughter from their home to the school in town. I replied and was thrilled when I got the post. When I met the young girl and her mother, she was a short, brown-haired young lady. The kid and I never spoke much on our morning and afternoon drives. Frankly, I was very okay with that. We had our routine, she and I. I would pull up to the front of her house and honk. She came out when she was good and ready, then hopped into my back seat with her blue school sack, and we drove off. One morning, I arrived as usual and parked my car across the way. As I was about to lower my driver's seat and lay down while I waited, something caught my eye out on the side of the road. It looked like a piece of paper wedged into some brush. It's a little more unusual out in these rural parts to see some random trash like that. I opened up my door and walked over to pick it up. I turn it over and feel something icy run down my spine. It was a candid picture of the little girl walking out from her house to my car. I looked at the color of my shirt. This photo was taken last week. The angle of the photo was badly framed and really far away. Whomever had been taking this photo didn't want to be seen. I check my watch and I see that the girl is fairly late for coming out of her house. Frantically, my mind starts spinning. Has she been kidnapped before I picked her up? I rush to the front door of the house and start banging on the frame. The door swings open and I feel awkward as all my suspicion melts away. The young girl stood there holding the door handle with her school sack over her shoulder, looking at me puzzled. I felt so stupid that I simply nodded and walked back to my car. We drove that morning to her school, but I couldn't get the strange picture I'd found out of my head. In the afternoon, I heard the school bell ring and waited for my charge. She opened the back door and hopped in. I started the car for the drive back. Arriving at her home, she got out and shut her door. I waited until I saw her safely inside and went to turn on my ignition. As I start to drive off, I drop my cigarette carton on the console in between the seats. I lean back to pick it up and see the girl forgot her school sack in my car. I turn around and pull up to the house again. As I stand up out of the car, a small flash of something goes across my face. I look in its direction, and that's when I see him. 
A skinny light blonde man in a bomber jacket perched on the side of the road in the brush. The glint I saw was off of something metal in his hand. I squint my eyes. The man was absolutely holding a knife. This home is in the middle of nowhere, and he was staring very intently at the same front door I was when the girl went inside. I call out to him and get within arm's length and distance. I lunge out to grab him. My hand fell through air and caught on something hung around his neck. It broke off into my hand. As I'm yelling after him, he takes off into the wilderness of bushes and trees in a full sprint. I'm not so agile, so I don't follow him. After my adrenaline subsided, I remember that I was still holding whatever was hung on his neck. I look down to see a plastic sandwich bag full of papers. I turn it over in my hands, only to find that it wasn't just one picture, but dozens of the young girl, and even ones of her mother taking through the windows. I walked up to the front door and knocked. Clutching her school bag and a sandwich bag necklace of photos, the young girl answered. Is your mother home? I asked, taking off my hat to be polite. I asked her if I may speak to her privately. When I told her mother everything, most of the color had gone from her face. I fanned out the deck of random photos in my palms, dozens of images of her and her daughter to show as proof. We called the local authorities, but since we had little description of the guy, he was never caught. Without saying, the woman and her kid moved out of the house the very next week, and can't say as I blame them. I found employment elsewhere doing some machinery work in town, but I still look back on that day and wonder if I hadn't noticed him what would have happened. That house was in the middle of nowhere. It takes anyone a minimum of 25 minutes to reach it. If the mother had to call out for an emergency then, no one would have made it in time. I watch for him still. It is a small village after all but sincerely hope he and I never meet again, because next time, he won't be so lucky.